I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. Do you have a better work-life balance than you did three years ago? The data suggests that you do. The average number of hours that U.S. workers are working each week has dropped by more than half an hour over the last three years, according to research by former Bureau of Labor Statistics Commissioner Catherine Abraham and her University of Maryland colleague, Leah Rendell. Today, we're going to explore why that might be the case and what the outcomes might be from greater work-life balance like our European counterparts to an even tighter squeeze on an already very tight labor market here in the U.S. But I'm curious, what about you? Are you working less than you were three years ago? Now, this is a minor trend that could have significant long-term impacts. And if you've been around the podcast for any length of time, you know that that's the kind of thing that lights me up. And you'll also know that one of my top predictions for 2023 is that the labor shortage will continue and, in fact, will get worse. So here is another element that is adding to the mix. Americans working less each week. So Stephanie Aronson, Senior Associate Director at the Division of Research and Statistics at the Federal Reserve, said that the drop in work hours per week is a, quote, very significant part of the story of why the labor supply is so low, end quote. So how much exactly are American workers cutting back in their work week? And exactly who is cutting back? Well, according to a group of researchers at Washington University in St. Louis who have sliced and diced the data, there are three groups who have reduced their hours the most. Number one, educated young men aged 25 to 30. Go, young men. You've got your priorities straight, I must say. Number two, high earners. They cut their work week by one and a half hours. These high earners are tagged as those who are in the top 10% of earners overall. So typically, those are males making more than $140,000 US dollars per year. They went from 44.7 hours per week in 2019 down to 43.2 hours per week in 2022. So that's a drop of one and a half hours over three years. And then the third group, workaholics. (laughs) These are the ones who are already working a whole lot more than anybody else. And they have reduced their time on the job on average from 55 hours all the way down to 52 hours. So three hours in total that they've dropped. So essentially, the research team concluded that the drop in working hours is happening more with those who can afford it. So this is not the case with lower and middle class Americans struggling to get by. They're not working less. In fact, they're working the same or perhaps even more hours than they did back in 2019. And of course, inflation may explain some or maybe even a lot of that. 
Okay, but let's go back to the workaholic for a minute. The ones who scaled back from 55 hours a week to 52 hours a week. While three hours may not sound like much, it does account for 5% of their working time being slashed. What could you do if you had an additional three hours in your week? Well, you could start a hobby. You could work out and get healthy. You could spend more time with your family. You could read an entire book each week or teach yourself to cook. There is a lot that you can do with that time. Now, let's look back to the average worker in the U.S. who is working about 30 minutes less per week. Perhaps for the same pay. If you're in a salaried position, your pay probably has remained stable, but maybe you're working 30 minutes less per week. Now, on the other hand, if you're in an hourly position, those hours not worked add up to a huge decrease in the amount of available labor, as that person from the Bureau of Labor Statistics was telling us just a few minutes ago. So hence, that's adding to the labor shortage. Now, in another strange twist in the labor market, this might mean working a part-time job rather than a full-time job. A recent Bureau of Labor Statistics report notes that over 22 million U.S. workers are working part-time by choice. Now, just as an aside, the Bureau of Labor Statistics uses 35 hours per week as its threshold for the distinction of considering part-time work versus full-time work. So less than 35 hours a week is part-time, and 35 hours a week or more is considered full-time. When you look at those 22 million workers who are working part-time by choice, that's a full 1.2 million more people who are now working part-time than who used to work part-time accounting for about a 5% more part-time workers than there used to be. Now, again, 5% may not sound like much, but even small changes like this can have a huge ripple effect for years to come. And that's even if the number doesn't grow to be greater than a 5% increase. Now, let's look at the history of work hours in the United States and do a little comparison with other countries. In general, across the globe, as well as here at home, wealthier people tend to work less than those who are less wealthy and earn less. So an example mentioned in a recent article in The Atlantic is that the population of Switzerland, a generally wealthy country, works less than the people of Cambodia, a much poorer country. And as countries become wealthier, people tend to work fewer hours. <laughs> except in the United States. Starting in the 1980s, the wealthiest Americans started working longer and longer hours. In the 25-year period from 1980 to 2005, the wealthiest Americans increased their work hours by about five hours per week. That adds up to about 250 hours per year. Overall, American workers spend more time working annually than in any other developed country. To provide some additional context, let's look at how the United States workforce stacks up against other countries when it comes to hours worked annually. The average American works an average of 1,791 hours per year, according to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. This is significantly higher than even our neighbors to the north in Canada, who work 1,685 hours per year. In Japan, they work on average 1,607 hours per year. And in the United Kingdom, they work on average 1,497 hours per year. 
France comes in at 1,490 hours per year, and Germany at 1,349 hours per year. Let me remind you again that in the United States, that number is 1,791 hours per year. So when we compare United States workers to our German counterparts at the opposite end of the spectrum, Americans are working on average 400 hours more per year compared to our German colleagues. That's a full 10 weeks of work if you're thinking of a 40-hour work week. Yikes! And Americans do it with pride. Remember those researchers I mentioned at Washington University in St. Louis? Well, one of them, Young Suk Shin, who really has a finger on the pulse of these issues, notes, quote, The U.S. is a very exceptional country where people value work so much and they really idolize hard work so that they work so many hours compared to those in European countries, end quote. Well, we don't work more than those in most developing countries, however. According to a study released by the United Nations, people in China, India, and the Republic of Korea work more than Americans. Brazil is a bit of an anomaly with this in that they are considered a developing country, but they work fewer hours per week than Americans. And this makes sense when you consider their culture. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. Okay, back to the drop in hours worked in the United States over the past few years. So why is this happening? Is this the pandemic? Is it COVID? Well, turns out that COVID accounts for only about 10% of the shift, whether that be to illness or long COVID or what have you. The other 90%? Well, of course, during the pandemic itself, hours were cut. But now people are reassessing how much they want to work. They may remember back when their hours were cut and they were able to get by, get by with less salary and take up new hobbies or do other things with their discretionary time. That might be caring for others, going back to school and getting advanced degrees or finishing a degree that maybe they had never gotten, or it could be leisure activities. There are so many things to do with the rest of their time. Maybe Americans are just simply getting over being workaholics. Maybe we're becoming wise to the values of our European counterparts and we're starting to create identities that are more robust, more expansive than just simply our careers and our job titles alone. We also need to think about the long-term impacts of this. And again, these are only 5% adjustments in a couple of different areas. But you know me, I like to look at the long-term impacts of things and think about how it might have ramifications that we haven't even begun to think of. Well, here's one of the downsides. So if people are earning less, there's a good chance they're spending less. So if they're working less, they're earning less, and then they're spending less. 
So they maybe figured it out during the pandemic on fewer hours and less wages. And so now they know they can get by with less money and fewer hours, and they're doing it intentionally by choice. Now, again, there's going to be an impact on the labor shortage. There's already an impact on the labor shortage. With the number of hours worked falling and the number of Americans in the workforce falling also for multiple reasons, the first of those is, of course, declining population trends, which you've heard me talk about on the podcast in previous episodes. And then number two, the worker participation rate. That's the number of people who opt in to the workforce on purpose. (laughs) That has fallen a full single percentage point during the past three years. So 1% fewer people are opting into the workforce. They're not necessarily claiming unemployment insurance or anything like that. They're just not going back to work. So that's having an impact. Now, in summary, somewhere between a half hour and one and a half hours really may not sound like much. But as you know, I'm always looking for those downstream impacts. And this is something I'm going to continue to watch. Of course, it plays into the labor market, which we've already talked about. But I'm also thinking about Americans shifting out of that live-to-work mentality and more into the work-to-live mentality. If you recall back to the first part of the year when I put up my predictions for work-life trends in 2023, this was one of the top five. That work-to-live and live-to-work were two conflicting value sets and that these conflicting values were going to be playing out in the coming year. Well, if we keep this trend of working fewer hours, I would definitely say that the cards are falling in favor of the live to work folks. It'll be interesting to continue to watch this data and see how it plays out over the rest of the year and into the coming years. But I'm curious to know, how is this all landing for you? Do you have better work-life balance? Are you working fewer hours per week? Drop me an email or shoot me a DM on your favorite social media platform and let me know. I'm really curious to know how it's going for my listeners. Now, as we wrap up this week, I want to give a shout out to a listener who rated the podcast and left a review. This shout out goes to B Pike Pilot, their username or handle, who gave us five stars and said, quote, great insights that you can use. Janelle addresses issues that a manager has today and gives actionable advice. That's what I need, end quote. Well, huge thanks to you, B. Pike Pilot, because that's what I need. Reviews like this help other listeners find the show. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, those are the two platforms that have a place for you to leave ratings and reviews, please review the show and leave a comment. It would mean the world to me. Until next time, my friends, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.